Yeah, like there you go. <laughs> All right, welcome to No Fudge Rolls, where the dice are made up, but we aren't. I am Ben, the unhinged DM. Uh, I am Andrew, a inexperienced but experienced player. I'm Brian. I'm just as inexperienced. And I'm Dan, the co-host. You can call me Ghost. All right, and today we will be talking on our first ever episode, what do we draw inspiration from? So, one of the things that we uh, all do, as many DMs do, is create players, mostly NPCs. But a lot of the players that actually get to play the players, they, they get to actually build players. I, sadly enough, haven't built a player that I've played. So sorry. I know that feeling. <laughs> We're so sorry. But I do get to build a lot of NPCs. Yeah. So... I'm going to be speaking mostly from building NPCs. I know most of y'all, that you guys do play at my table, so we will be able to talk about the player characters as well. So, who would like to go first on uh, what they draw most of their inspiration from? I mean, I don't mind. Like, at least for player <clears throat> characters. So, just for context, I've been playing since June of 2022. God, it's been so long. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've been playing since June of 2022. It's been uh, six like 11 months almost to the year now and I've just pretty much been playing characters that I think are like closest to me uh, the first character I think I ever made was uh, his name was Alavander and he's this sort of rogue gone cleric he's like looked he's like turned to the religious side and he's like I'm going to make up for all my mistakes but then he still is like stealing money so I was like one of the first characters I ever messed around with and then I also had, uh, her name was Favern, so Fave for short. She, I think, was like the closest person to who I, who I was. So I think I'm drawing a lot of experience from just my own persona right now. And then, like, now I'm drawing more from just, like, wild shenanigans and what I've been seeing from everybody else at my tables. I mean, there's nothing wrong with a self-insert. I've played plenty of characters that have been self-inserts. I know quite a few other people have done self-inserts as well. Isn't that right, Dan? That's right. <laughs> like, blatantly. <clears throat> no, I love doing uh, self-inserts. It's the best way to, to have a character, to have dialogue and have a personality. In my opinion. I kind of get my character from, like, just, like, recent people or just, like, recent experiences and I just, like pick one thing and just like zone in on that and just build it around that one thing how did you how did you get uh loctar was it loctar right it's the uh, how did you go from loctar and he goes wwe when we don't even watch wwe <laughs> I, mean, I, ass, yeah. I got it because delisa was going to a wwe thing in california so I'm oh like, okay yeah, so it's gonna make a marsh a pure martial character mm. oh my god okay that makes sense i thought it was just like oh you saw the rock on tv one day and you were just like <laughs> hey he's a cool guy yeah fuck have i never heard of this dude <laughs> so we got two sets of self-inserts and then we've got somebody going no i'm inserting other people <laughs> i'm projecting others onto my characters I mean, usually, like, whenever I make a character, it's always based off of some other form of, like, media, but, like, there's always a, a, a lot or a little bit of me in there. It could be, like, a tone of inflection, cadence, mindset, personality, stuff that makes a person a person, I guess. So so who's been, like, your your guys' favorite character that you've played? I know, I know, Ben, you've mentioned Steve, right, Steve? Yes, yeah, Steve so was great. <laughs> you've mentioned Steve before. I would say, overall... If we're counting both player characters and NPCs, I would say my favorite character that I've ever done is actually Strahd. Mm -hmm. um, I play Strahd as a very 
uh, simmer, I guess would be the best way to say it. There's like all this rage underneath and it's just held down by this simmering layer that if you disturb it, it completely erupts. And the, the ability to go from completely calm tone and like very flat level cadence to I am literally pulling somebody's heart out of their chest is such a really fun swing to do. What I end up usually doing, though, is I've, been, I've played a couple of one-shots, so I have some you know throwaway characters and whatnot. I like playing the most just benign or banal characters out there, like Steve, who was a corporate cleric. He was a cleric of Paylor that his holy symbol was his tablet that he wrote down all of his expense reports on. But I think that having characters like that really bring in a lot of hilarity. Uh, for me, my favorite NPC for sure was uh, Skimpy Jiggles Jr. Oh who, my god, I who, forgot about him. <laughs> who, who, whose name I took from somewhere else, I won't, I won't mention right now. But basically, he was a goblin that owned a, a ruined keep in a, in a past before... And he was a self-proclaimed, uh, he was self-proclaimed king of all things green. And he rode on top of a gelatinous cube and he threw the shiniest rocks at people. And he had this <laughs> mindset of um, when he was just a young little gabo, uh, the main antagonist of, of our campaign was uh, the Seraph. And he, when he, he was a, an angel that fell from grace. And when he... Uh, fell from grace, he decided to become an adventurer to to learn stuff, but, like, he was still full of hate. And on his adventure, he found this goblin who he named Skim... Well, he didn't name him, but, like, the way that the, the goblin uh, acted, he named him after that. And they became friends, but they, they fell off. So, basically, Skimpy Jiggles Jr. is, like, the, the adopted son of Seraph. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> it is. But, like, they're all bad guys, so it doesn't really matter because he has a really messed up mindset. But, yeah, he... he um. The idea that his middle name is, is Jiggles is because he found a gelatinous cube and they just became friends off rip. And he oh. likes to, like, for some reason, he likes to, like, shine pebbles and just throw them because he's not good at anything. And, uh, but I remember the, the voice I gave him was, like, classic Joker, uh, like, Mark Hamill, like, like, you to talk like this or whatever. It's like, mm, yeah, like, all those cadences. Um, that's my favorite NPC. Uh, my favorite player character has got to be, rest in peace, Vantus Guy. <laughs> I, I can't wait to bring him back. Because th- th- those, those two characters were the first time I ever got to do actual voices and feel comfortable. That was the Cyberpunk campaign, right? No, Vantus Guy was the pirate. Oh, the pirate. Mm-hmm. Okay. The content one-shot. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of voices, we can't get any more uh, iconic than Bob and the Goblin. True. Oh the, my God! Yeah, he's a uh, well. He, his reference is from Fallout. He's a a, a, a ghoul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Bob and McGoblin was uh, every DM has a joke char- joke goblin character. Yeah. <laughs> I got the chance to actually play him in a short-ish campaign. And he always talked like this, and he tell everybody, "What's up, Tuts?" Destroyer. Yeah, sitting there doing it. Oh my God! It was hell Destroying on my throw like. That's basically like three years of just like yeah. smoking <laughs> just down just, the drain. Just, just eating gravel, it's fine. Yeah. I, I would go home every night that I played Boblin and just drink three cups of tea just trying to, you know, <laughs> make it just sit right. 
But man, it was it was fun. He uh, he ran them fight clubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had the same idea with uh, when I did my first one shot, and it was the Shore of Dreams. And there was this one character. His name was Roland. Nothing crazy about him. He was just an adventurer that got captured by the main uh, BBG. But the thing that I do is like when I set up my campaigns, it's for especially for like like PCs. I try to come up with voices depending on like their their like personalities. So <laughs> Roland himself was kind of just uh, pretty much just this guy that was the leader of his. Adventuring party, and so I thought it'd be really funny if he was like this super chill, down to earth guy. And I was like, "Who's more down to earth than like a surfer dude?" So that I started playing around with, and I was like, "Yo, like, did I totally agree that we should be finding this like shell or crown or whatever?" But like, we gotta. I, I'm too weak, and so then the entire time I had to keep role playing him because my. My squad that was that was or my players that were um, running the campaign, they were just like, we don't trust you. We think you're evil. We think you're gonna stab us in the back. And I was like, he's just trying to leave. I promise you guys. I had to like come out of the DM zone and go, he's just trying to leave. I swear to you. They're like, we do not believe you at all. So then I had to keep talking. I was just like, <coughs> excuse me, and I had to keep going. Yeah, so like, I don't know what I'm gonna do, and bros, I'm just trying to help you guys out, and but I, I just am too weak, and so I just had to do that for like 30 minutes straight while they dragged him through the rest of the dungeon. Like, dude, you need to totally like make him meet Justin, you know? Yeah, Justin and Roland would be best buds, dude. Hey, <laughs> I have a, I have a character in the Feywild campaign that we're that I'm currently putting these three through. And he was uh, he was an artificer that did no <laughs> did no violence, so he runs a shop. And I'm originally from Northern California, so I came across a bunch of you know hippies and surfer type dudes and whatnot, and all the shenanigans that ensued. So <laughs> having a voice change like that just only comes naturally. Yeah, yeah. That's the uh, what is it? I got my inspiration from Totally Kyle. Oh totally wicked. It's like one time <laughs> at a band camp. <laughs> yeah. Throwback to anybody that remembers that. Oh my goodness. I pretty much use uh, the opportunity to give us, like, when you do the recaps, to, like, oh, I'm just going to do, like, a bunch of different voices. My character's just, like, dreaming, and he's having, like, this recap to, like, oh, I'll be, like, oh, one day I'll be a wrestler, like, announcer, and the other day I'll just be, like, Captain Kirk and just, like, do my <laughs> star logs. Like, I'm too scatterbrained to, like, figure out my character. Dude. Yeah. yeah. I love that character. Like, I love Loctar as a character, especially just because he has, he doesn't have, like, crazy, well, he doesn't have, a lot of moments, but the moments that he does have are, pure gold. are just pure gold. Like, there's the one time where we were on a ship, and then you're just like, well, my character wants to grab this door. Can I grab it? And I'm like, what is he doing with the door? Is he just going to use it as, like, a modified shield? And he's like, I tie a rope to it, and I jump out the ship, and he's basically just riding it like a jet ski, essentially. Mm -hmm. Or what is it called? Like, oh, wakeboarding? Yeah. Wakeboarding, yeah. <laughs> it's stuff like that that I think, like, only you think of a lot of the times, and I'm like, where do you even come up with that stuff. Oh, dude, I didn't even have my character, like, planned. I had, like, <laughs> one short paragraph describing my character, and he's just, like, a goon from, like, a small town, and, like, he got outcasted by, like, his, like, friends, so now he's just like, oh, I get attached to anybody that likes me, so, and then he's, like, with a bunch of adventuring groups, like, well, I guess I'm attached now, and then, uh, 
as like we like as we had like different sessions, I got just kept on building my character. That's like the classic Brian. It's crazy when that happens. Yeah. Is that why Lockdar always tries to keep hugging people? Yeah. He's on the search for friends. Yeah. He's on the search Does he for grappling uh, issues. Oh, he has mad separation anxiety. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> That's funny. So you and my character, Raylan, both. He's but. out here grappling everybody, just giving them hugs. Like, yeah. Don't he wants to believe me. He wants to feel like it. <laughs> Whatever. That's funny. Yeah. Oh man, what was uh, you said something about what was it? Oh, I had a train of thought and I lost it now. But you were talking about Loctar and how you come up with your things. Oh, that's what it was. So like, how much when you guys are making your characters? I thought this would be interesting to bring up. It's like, how much do you essentially like write down or think of, or like how much time do you take on building this sort of character? Do you come up with like? Hey, here's a, a an entire trilogy series of Brandon Sanderson like novel, or is it? I have a sheet of paper with three bullet points, and that's all I'm sticking to for the rest of the campaign. So you guys are actually gonna you guys are actually gonna hate me when I start the new campaign because I will have you guys write character backstories. I love it. It's fine. Yeah. Um, I have various different setups for characters when it comes to that. If it's a one shot, a couple of sentences, maybe maybe a paragraph. Most of the time when I'm doing things with the actual campaign campaign, I try to tell people, hey, give me at least three paragraphs, like two, three paragraphs. Give me two plot hooks and give me two or three people in the world that your character knows. As a DM, that makes it a whole lot easier for me to bring you guys into the game because now you guys have actual stakes involved that and if i want to make a player cry i can always you know kill an answer something been there done that he made me cry already twice <laughs> oh, we have. he's tried but failed three times with me <laughs> not true i made you cry on cyberpunk no that was a tear a singular tear <laughs> that's a still, still count okay. divine crying <laughs> but no yeah having backgrounds is like the perfect way for character hooks because uh eventually down the line he can pull something from your background and turn that into a quest line yeah because yeah. because that's what i did for again for, for context, I basically have only run one-shots. I haven't done any long-term campaigns, but I did something similar to that where my group of friends, it was the first time playing, and I had one like this one person, she was like, oh yeah, I'm really excited to play, so I had like mainly her plot point, because everyone else was like, I don't know if I'm gonna keep playing, but she was like, I'm invested, I'm in, 100%. And at the end of it, there's essentially a book uh, that she pulls out from like a secret uh, compartment, and it just says like, she had a great character name. So it was her character's name is uh, Espresso Depresso. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it was the best name. So then um, it's essentially she pulls out this book and then it just says the adventures of Espresso Depresso. And then that was like my my plot line for, hey, if you want to keep running a campaign, here's your like chance to figure out what could potentially be in this book. And it's a big surprise. And for her character, like her character was definitely like standoffish and like untrusting of people and so now she's just like who has my name who knows about me <laughs> so it, i mean it, i think it helps um like getting those plot hooks yeah that's like a great like story for like a paladin next person to press all there you go wasn't that what she the was untrusting a paladin, paladin yeah, yeah i think she was a paladin, yeah, yeah. She, was a paladin. Yeah, yeah, she was a paladin yeah so super cool stuff with um like helping especially helping like pcs uh build their characters that's very very important just 
giving them that opportunity because we've had we've sat at tables before where it's like hey we're having fun and it's cool but i feel like my character's not invested because he's just following the plot of like hey get this mcguffin hey get this uh do this thing for this person and it's there's no like hey what about like my storyline i feel like that's happened to us before which is totally fine but i definitely have felt the difference of like my character's crying now and I'm actually crying in person in real time and that's what I think makes a huge difference in the best moments. <laughs> yeah, that's what makes like the huge moments in D D for me. I mean, but I would also like to say in counterpoint, if you've only got a character that's got like two, three sentences, throw them into a one shot. They're hilarious at best. Mm -hmm. I mean my character like that much and then I like my character's pretty much like the Uncle Iroh like uh, yeah, yeah, I'm just gonna solve other people's problem and that's gonna be my adventure. <laughs> Mm. Which character was this? Was this? No, this is Lotar. Oh, it's the Lotar. Like, okay. the only one that have like a like a, it's like a long term campaign. That's true. True, true. Nah, but to circle back to what you were saying, whenever I come, whenever I write up characters, I I am entirely no thoughts, brain empty. Three words make a movie. That's how I do my characters. Make a, what do you mean make a movie? Like just grab two things, smash them together. You know, pen, pineapple, pen, and then just. <laughs> Boom, just go with it. Vanta Sky was three words. I love Dan. Not me, Dan, but Big Daddy. Because he played a pirate Aww. in a separate campaign. And I'm like, I'm going to do him proud. And I'm not mid-maxing, but I made a very good gentleman pirate where he lives uh, through this code of, you will never do harm unless it is inflicted onto you first. Mm. He has a gun that was given to him by his captain that he named Parlay, which is a joke. So it's like, when he thinks he's <laughs> gonna lose or when he knows he has the upper hand, he says, I would like to Parlay. And if the opposing party says, yes, we can Parlay, shoot him dead. Because black, black. <laughs> as a swashbuckler, you have panache or something, uh -huh. and you can just have advantage on sneak attacks when you want. So I can just do a lot of damage with a gun. But uh, yeah, coming up with him, I had no idea where I wanted to take it. I didn't have a voice. But a lot of me was into that character because I found out like two years ago that my last name is French. I found out a month ago that on my mom's side we're, we're Spaniard. So I'm like, okay, I'll combine French-Spaniard accent, make a pirate who's from the Shadowfell, and there you go. Like, I, whenever I make a character, just things stack on top of each other, if that makes sense. Oh, no, totally. So speaking of stacking on top of each other and speaking of pirates, we're going to talk about... Uh Raylan's favorite pirate. Oh my god. Selena. Hell so yeah. for those of you that are in on this, Selena is a Tempest Cleric pirate that the characters ended up paying for passage to an island down in the south uh, in the South Seas. I literally had one and maybe a half sentences about her. She was supposed to be there to ferry the players down to where they needed to be and ferry them back. Well, this segment of the campaign ended up taking, what, almost a month and a half? Yeah, about a month and a half, I would say. Yeah, or, yeah, so. yeah. yeah we were on the boat yeah, for, we're like on the boat month, for a while least. because we had to do your piece, we had to do my cool. piece. And then uh, the entire time Nico was in Japan, we were on the boat. Yeah. So, so, oh. so let's say about a month and a half, almost two months. Yeah. From this time, Selena went from two sentences 
to a crisis of faith in one character, a solidifying of faith in another character, a love interest, a drinking partner, and a an amazing storyteller, and a wonderful, just extremely well-rounded NPC that most DMs would sit there and go, damn, I could write a freaking book about this. But originally, I, like I said, I had two sentences. She didn't even have a name. She did not even have a name when y'all first met the her. The first three weeks. I For think it first. helped that none of us none asked of us, her name. Nobody that asked. the funniest thing. <laughs> we, we're just like, we trust you, Captain. We're on board. Captain. And then nobody asked her name for three weeks straight. And we're like, we should know who our captain is, right? <laughs> my, my first character didn't care. He, he has a, a mission. There was a person who could operate a thing and it was good at their job, and that's all he needed. Yeah, I mean, Raylan was kind of post-hyper-angst, like post -hyper -angst, <clears throat> so he was coming out of that, which was nice, too, because if not, he would have just been in his room the entire time, miserable, yeah. like, suffering. Yeah, I feel like my character went no names, and he would just know, like, their titles. Yeah. Yeah, like captain. Yeah. <laughs> he's, a, he's the type of, when I see your face, I know you, and, like, he, he's the general personality, but he does it. He's like, I don't care about your face. He is the epitome of I go by faces, not names. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm surprised no one picked up that witness didn't know anybody's name and would just call them by their class the entire time. I never noticed that. You never noticed. Yeah, I'm like never wizard, noticed. cleric, barbarian. I yeah. never noticed that. Holy hell! Now that you say that, yeah. Jesus Christ! Those are the little things, man. Yeah, the little spice. Yeah. Yeah, but it was this. You know, I thought it was really cool role playing uh, with Raylan because I feel like. Like the interaction between him and Selena, where I was just like, "Hey, I, I'm uh, you know like 18 plus year old, like early maybe young 20s, uh, half elf wizard who doesn't know how to communicate, just lost his dad, bounced like found his dad, realized that he was he was basically um, fighting madness for three years and then died, and then now he's accepting like, hey, like my dad." had all this amazing stuff about me and he wasn't even my dad that was the best part well, like you don't know that yet. well we don't know right yeah. like canonically he doesn't know that he just believes he is his dad because it's been an affair it could have just yeah. been an affair but even um the person playing my dad which is amazing alec he was role-playing my dad because we had a one-shot well we could get into that later but essentially for my character meeting selena was really interesting because i was like well i'm past the like hyper teen angst phase of like Oh uh, yeah, I listen to My Chemical Romance and everything's platinum, whatever, whatever, whatever. Uh, but it's, so now, what is my character supposed to be like? So I was draw. I was like, oh, hey, uh, here's this like orc, right? She she was half orc. She's half orc. Like here's this half orc um, captain, and I was just like, oh, you know, she could be very, very like romantic interest types. So then I was like, let's see what happens. And so my guy, my character Raylan, just tried to uh, essentially uh, flirt his way to talking to her and just being like, "Hey, so like the seas are sure are rough tonight, aren't they?" And he's just terrible at it because he's never really talked to women before. So it was just I thought it was hilarious because at the end of it all, it was like, "I'm the character is like such a lameo, like he's very lame and dorky, but it made it like really really funny to see him." act a certain way and I think it makes his character come out it made his character like evolve more from just like uh, whatever I hate life to hey I hate life but I kind of want to live life a little yeah. which I think is is really I think you, you made a good point when we were talking um, like 
a couple weeks ago about his character development too. Yeah, I I definitely think that his character development's going really well. So for backstory, a lot of these uh, a lot of these characters that we're talking about are actually currently in the campaign that I'm running. It's finishing up its final episode pretty soon, and then we will be starting an actual live stream, or not live stream, but we will actually be starting a podcast, podcast mm-hmm. for this as well to co- coincide with our talking podcast. R.I.P. Raylan. Like I'm so I'm so sad that it's gonna end because this is like my f- like I would say like almost second character that I've fallen in love with because I had Faye from Beth's yeah. campaign and uh-huh. I was like starting to get a feel for role playing especially because I was like three months into D and D and. With her, I was like, "Oh, Faye's like the shy, the shy, quiet type." But like, if you give her some time, she'll warm up. And then she's like, "Oh, she actually is kind of like cocky and arrogant when she wants to be." But then Raylan, I think, has been obviously like my favorite just because of the campaign we're running right now. You're gonna hate this. Do you know how I envision Raylan? How take Michael Sarah oh, with a Sasuke <laughs> haircut? Oh, oh my god. god. Yeah. Oh my god. That's like pretty spot on. That's pretty spot on, dude. I imagine him with like the I have I have him imagined with like the one like the long swing the swinging hair with one eye clearly covered yeah, yeah, the, the, wearing the like Hill. Yeah, 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 wearing like Harry Potter robes cuz yes, he came from um the the non wizarding world of Barry Jotter, you know. Barry Jotter, yeah, he's yeah. a he's house uh, so, Puffle so, Puff. So so what's it called? <laughs> Barry Jar, whatever is is copyright, but he listens to My Chemical Romance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we, we we came up with a couple of songs. It's my Alchemical. My Alchemical Romance. Al- oh yeah, God. yeah. We came up with My Alchemical Romance, and then right, it's just playing off of. I think that was when we were doing the the one shot. That for, was the one shot. Yeah, it was the one shot. Oh, okay, okay. Winter, the when Winter I was Court. on the other side. No, no, no. Yes, yes, yes. That okay. was it. Was the Winter the Court? Yeah, yeah, the epic one. And so then that's how like. I literally picked up the character sheet, and this was the best part. It was like, I literally picked up a character sheet, and I go, hey, like, I'll, I'll pick a wizard. I haven't played, a, like, any magic characters yet. I've only been playing, like, uh, like a, a, a rogue, and I think I played a... What was another one I played, Brian? I played a rogue and then a cleric. I think I only yeah. had two under my belt. Mm-hmm. And so then I was like, oh, I'll play a wizard. Wizards are cool. And then um, our friend Alec, he's like... Oh yeah, I'm a wizard as, as well. And then he goes, and then I go, Dad. And then he's like, Daddy? Son. And that's literally what started that's the entire. Yeah, that's the spark right there. Yeah, that was literally the spark. The spark. It was just a dumb bit we did for three hours straight. Had no meaning until the very end of the campaign, where my dad, i.e., Alec, died. Oh my god. <laughs> and and uh, and that started the entire hyper angst phase of just like uh, whatever. Oh, that's platinum instead of saying cool. He's like, oh, metals are really cool, so. He just like, oh, that's platinum or that's bronze. Like bronze is bad. That one character death. Oh god. In an epic. Sparked a we're on what month five, a five month long mini yeah. campaign. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm still hoping for my my year long campaign. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. But you know, I think it's really cool to see how everyone comes up with their like their characters themselves. I think it's really interesting to see where everyone's like pulling inspiration from like for me i'm like at least my persona that i give off at least when i when i think about myself is oh yeah i was a 13 year old who was into hardcore rock music wore hoodies and it's you know we live down here in like south florida and stuff 
and it is just sweltering humidity and heat. <laughs> and my 13-year-old self is wearing a jacket for whatever reason he thought he was being cool. And that's as basically, all yeah, as all 13-year-olds do, because we think we're that cool and we, you know, hate life and whatnot. But uh, yeah, now it's, that's literally just Raylan as an adult. And I'm like, okay, well, what would an adult, like, angsty teen look like? Well, there's Snape, but he's like the cool one. Oh, yeah, Snape. Oh, man, Snape would be such a cool character to, like, Hell turn yeah. to page 394. Rest yes. in peace. R.I.P. <laughs> so, speaking of, uh, speaking of inspiration for new characters, since I had said that we are having a new campaign running, that was about to ask. Question. what inspiration are y'all drawing for making your new characters? Well, I feel like I do my characters, like, backwards compared to everybody else, where they have, like, their backstory. I just, I just make my character as, like, a class, and then I build my character around my class, my race, and everything. Mm. So, All like, right. I'll pick, like, oh, okay, I'll pick, like, one thing, like, okay, for the next campaign, I was going to be making, um, uh, what you call it, um, an alchemist like type of character where like okay an artificer okay well my guy's gonna be basically just like insane he talks to himself and he's working on this passion project that nobody's supposed to know and he's just sitting there mad casting glyph ward on something and he's like don't open this box don't open this box you're not like you can't see my masterpiece Art, it's, not ready. <laughs> it's not ready it's not ready <laughs> are you making goon from titan a yeah Oh my god. And yes! And his backstory basically is just like he's been kicked out of the guild, so he's basically working on this to like prove to the guild. I just thought that was your persona because when you started saying like, oh, I'm working on this project, I'm like, that's literally what Brian does at home all the time. He's just like, hey, I have like 18 projects that I'm working on. Like this week is dice, this week is 3D printing, this week I'm going horseback riding or something ridiculous. And it's just like, I thought it was like, is this just Brian in like in character form? I feel like that's just like natural or like, Everybody makes their character and they start throwing in their own like their own their own self into that character, like add a little bit more personality or like feel more attached to their character. I could make the saddest character ever. If we're doing like if we're putting ourselves into it, I could just put like a warlock bard and it's she he has the saddest background <laughs> I've ever created to where I was crying writing it. Oh my goodness. goodness. Yeah. I went stupid. Right. What did you go with? I went, no, I, we were literally having a conversation with some friends and we were kind of doing, we were just eating dinner and we started, I asked the question, what do you think people that perceive us like think we do <laughs> for our jobs? Yeah. And so, because I, we were just talking about how we are people watching and we're like, oh, this is like a group of business. They're like a multi-million dollar company. This guy's the head leader. This guy's with his wife, blah, blah, blah. We came up with like backstories for every single person at the table. So then I, we were, I was wondering, what do people think we would do? So we started going around the table just asking well, like, yeah. hey, based <laughs> off of like what we're dressed as, like whatever we were wearing that night, what do you think people would think of? And then my friend, she was like, we're like, oh, she'd be like a PA for, for some like Warner Brothers studio like uh, movie that was happening. Brian is like an artist and he just like does like Bob Ross painting tutorials for fun uh, on like murals and blah 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 so we went down the the list of people and then yours was the funniest mine yeah I would say I had like I would say second funniest because then I said hey you look like HR and then everyone was just like how dare you how dare you call her like looking like HR and that's another story for another day but then I asked everyone else and I go they go you look like a tour guide. Yeah, that hurt. And I was just oh. like, oh, that hurt my ego a little bit. But then the more they kept talking about it, the more I was like, I can hear it in myself. It's just like, down here on the left, behind the waterfall. And I just started thinking about doing um, 
Disney, what is it? The the Disney ride. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the just safari uh, Jungle Cruise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, doing Jungle Cruise like tour guide. I don't know what race. I don't know what class yet. But I'm just like, this is the persona ranger. I adopt. Ooh, a ranger. Yeah. yeah, it would be a ranger. Yeah, and so then I would just be like super happy go lucky, but I hate my life internally. <laughs> it's just like, behind me is the end of all demise. Please end this now. It's <laughs> just like something it's ridiculous like that. And to your left, you will see the corpse of a dead god as it lies dreaming. Yeah. <laughs> Please keep all hands, hands and, and feet, feet inside in. of the boarding. <laughs> Please keep all hands and feet inside of the vehicle at all times. Manténgase sus brazos, manos, pies y piernas. Okay, <laughs> this is going to strike us right now. <laughs> don't don't screw with the mouse. Well, yeah, I feel like I got uh, oh. hung up dry, so I'm bringing back Vanta's guy. I want to do a proper campaign with my my prior my. Yeah, man, campaign. bring him. I mean, I like Vanta. He would have. He's gonna be great. I know it for a fact. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm excited to see that one because I've only seen the videos of, of him, so mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see this sort of like Americano tourist guide who like hates life but has to act all happy and excited with, with a pirate. So yeah, the uh, what did you? I, well, you're gonna be. DMing. Yeah, good, yeah. Do you have any characters that you have in mind? So not so much characters. I think the uh, I think the really fun thing that you guys are gonna enjoy is how I'm going to get you all started and kind of the theme that I'm running with it. It's because we are doing kind of a for lack of a better terms, a cowboy bebop episodic thing, we're yeah. gonna run it monster of the week style until the plot really starts to edge itself out. So the really fun oh, thing. Oh, like how they had the that one commercial where it's like this one guy is on is wanted. You know, keep a lookout for him. You know that the yeah. girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a little bit like that because mm-hmm. I'm I'm not gonna lie. You guys are gonna be broke as hell. Oh yeah, my yeah, favorite. We're starting at level one. Yeah, well, we level don't one. have anything. Well, the, so I've got a way for you all to start level one, and because of the fact that in. Spell jammer, spell jamming shifts are really expensive. I have a way with which y'all to acquire one. It's broke down. It's a fixer. It's, yeah. it, it's a heist. We have to steal it. First oh, episode, steal episode one, heist. Let's I am go. not running a level one heist with y'all, okay? <laughs> I will preface this right now, though. Even though I'm playing a rogue swashbuckler, I am absolute garbage at stealth. But I'm great at stealing. <laughs> oh, you went, you went thief. You didn't go assassin. No, I went swashbuckler. Yeah, yeah. Just charisma based. Yes, 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 yes. But, but like, I'm thinking like rogue style, like, right, there's normally like, hey, I steal things or I kill things. You went no, like, well, I steal things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually when you play a rogue, is I steal things or I'm super stealthy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I dumb stealth, I'm like, I'm good with my hands. And I'm charismatic, but yeah. So is that but, like the start for like how we're gonna get our spell jammer? Or like just like valet service and we steal the car or spell jammer? Be, oh my god! I, I mean, love it. that'd be funny. We could do that. I was actually thinking of run y'all through a spell jammer academy. That way, you guys Ooh. could. That way, it would be a reason yeah. for everybody to be plopped into the same uh, thing. So okay, so for context, I don't know what a spell jammer academy is. So a spell jammer academy. Think of it kind of like a kind of like a naval academy mm. or a, or a military academy or something like that. Yeah. Oh. You have to have a specialty system set up in order to pilot the spell jammer. God. And you have to have a crew with which to use it. So what better way to get players that are that have never touched spell jammer into spell jammer than to run them through a spell jammer academy oh that makes sense that's literally supposed to be what treasure planet 2 is yeah <laughs> oh yeah if yeah if you actually like there we can go into this all day but i'm not going to there was a treasure planet 2 the idea he was going to go into the academy 
We'll leave it at that. I'm mad it's not out, but hey, that's just my favorite yeah, movie of all time. Yeah. Yeah. I think it works out pretty well. Then, if it's like the characters we have in mind, we, really, in we have a pirate, we yeah, have a tour guide. Why is he going to school? Me? No, I me, mean, my guy. oh, yeah. I mean, I yeah, I mean, that. like, we can basically, like, now we can just talk about, like, hey, well, let's flesh it, out our characters. Uh, yeah. You know what? It, could, it could end up being like a meet cue. So, like, I am a pirate, and someone bumps into me who was an obvious student and is like, Dreams of Spelljammer is like, I've never been into the Far Realms. I want to go. Mm, there you go. crazy. Yeah. Well, because the big thing is, is um, one of the hardest things for a DM to do is the quote-unquote, you all meet at a tavern. Yeah. Is that the hardest thing? It's one of the hardest ways to get a oh. campaign started. Interesting. Okay. So what sense. better way? Because everybody, you got to think about it this way. Every character has their own backstory. For sure. Every character has their own wants, dreams, and motivations. Form an adventuring party with five separate distinct individuals that have never met each other. Yeah, and then it's also like when I think about meeting in a tavern, it's one of those like, why am I talking to anyone in a tavern in exactly. the first place? Yeah. Like, I'm if, if like right if I'm a happy-go-lucky-esque type character, maybe I'd be more inclined to. But if I'm like the dark, brooding rogue that is, I fly alone. I don't need anyone. I'm never talking to anyone at the table. And it's like, why would I need to unless right? And then this is where the DM comes in and he has to work his magic. And I mean, why would why would Cogma the Destroyer? Yeah. Be sitting there drinking beers with Lilac, the Moon Druid. Exactly. Peace and love, everyone. Peace and love. It's the call to adventure. <laughs> I like the idea, of, like <laughs> starting the campaign with everybody's like in, they're already in a fight that they can't win. So that, then yeah. they they're using their abilities, they're doing things. So everybody figure out their class, and then they get all they all get knocked out. They meet at the infirmary or whatever, and then that's how they're all. They all get like knocked, so they're everybody's an infirmary. That's like it makes sense. Yeah, and I mean, I like the idea you said with the academy thing because you can technically, right? If we're talking, let's say college, right? College level, mm -hmm. it's like, well, Dan's character could be two years in, my character could be a freshman, uh, you could be a grad, like Brian could be a grad student, so on and so forth. Like we can have, there's room to play with because now there's levels of seniority. There's a lot that you can do where well, it's like, hey, you guys are in the same class and you guys are, you know, doing the same things or, hey, you're interning for them, blah, blah, blah. So plus on top of that, if you if you don't want to go with that way or you just want to make it super simple, I'm speaking from experience, but every military establishment, when you go in through a training, they just grab a bunch of you, divide you oh, up yeah, and sure. stuff yeah. you into a... Get in there. So, you know, you all would get assigned this bunk or this, you know, this crew, and now you are all forced to work together. Yeah. So you all could start off not liking each other or having different values or reasons, but y'all got to work together to make it through. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like do or die. It's basically... Yeah, it's do or die, or it's you're in a yeah. it, we're in a training simulation, and then I'm like, I'm gonna do whatever I want to do, and I'm on the guns, K -k 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 -k. and yeah, then you can yeah. even force like team play where it's like, okay, if somebody does something stupid, okay, I'm gonna punish the group, yeah, and then yeah. that like encourages like interparty like relationships, yeah, or yeah, counterparty relationships. Yeah. Like, I hate you guys. There's like, there's there's bad blood in the water already, which is fine. I think that creates more tension than like. I love everyone already. I'm mm -hmm. like, how? Why? Where? Like, why do you love? Why do you love a stranger? Why do you love a yeah. stranger? Unless that's like your ammo. But again, there's, there's no easier way to get a group of players together than shared trauma. 
Emotional damage. Yeah. Yeah. We love that. We love to see mine already mine's already starting off with that, so that's great. But yeah, I mean it'll be Oh, another so I wanted to ask from from you guys, since you have more experience, do you how do you help players that are first starting out? Because I I've talked about one way that I've worked about building characters, which is basically playing how deep will you go. Um, it's a great like card game if you ever want to check it out. But essentially, the concept is you answer you you give the players some questions that start off super easy, like what would your player do if they had a day off from adventuring? What is your player's favorite like um, ice cream? What is all this stuff? And then you go deeper. It's like well, what makes your player proud? What hurts? Like what is the one weakness your player has? And then you go to the deepest level, right? So you go one, two, three, and then the deepest one is just like what does emotional trauma mean to your player? What? And then my, I think I asked one really good question. It was like, what would your like as you as a as a in your player in your player character's mind? What would your ex? say about the player character so now they have to dive even deeper into being like now i have to imagine who their ex is who like what is the relationship they would have had with their ex what does the breakup look like or like the fallout of that is it a good one is it a bad one is it a neutral one and so i kind of went through my for like an hour straight before we started the campaign just playing with those questions with my first time characters and i think it helped them sort of flesh out a general gist of how their character would act because some of them were playing like a druid, and she was like, yeah, I want to take care of animals, and that was like her MO, and then, um, you know, Susan had her character as well, where she was just this very, like, um, celebrity-esque type, uh, like, showgirl type person, and that, like, really helped her out a lot. So that's what I did, at least. I thought it was a super helpful tool, so if anybody ever wants to take that away, by all means, it's free real estate. The next time you run that, one of the questions you need to ask your players is, what is a lie your character tells themselves? Oh my god, yes. I think didn't you ask us that? Yeah. That one is a, a tough one because you're like, what am I what would my character lie about? Is Oh, I just thought my character just lied for the next campaign. <laughs> I feel like, yeah. Dan, what do you what do you try to use to get uh, oh. new players in? Um, I've only ever DM'd for new people maybe twice, but my go to is usually just like Hey, do you play? Have you played Overwatch? Do you play hero shooters? What mm. supports? What what roles do you maintain to help your team in a, in, a, in a team shooter? Like for me, I've always been since I first played Call of Duty. I've always I hate I hate quoting this. I always been the the lone wolf, but the silent one. Where it's like you tell me what to do and I will get it done, mm. but I will not communicate back unless I need to. Roger Dodger. Because <laughs> I, in any shooter I've ever played, I love flanking. That is my one thing. We go mm. into a, a team team fight, I'm already parting off to see if when I can find their weak points and strike them from the sides. But yeah, like, just talk to the, the new players, like, what roles have you played in shooters or, or team shooters, and be like, okay, we, I recommend to have a frontliner. You need a support, you need a spellcaster, you need utility. Like, can you fill these roles in a perfect party of four to six? You should be top heavy into frontliners, and your backup should be healers slash support, mm. in my opinion. But that's usually the tool I do. Is like, what role do you play in a team team game? Yeah, 
And I mean, we also could have that conversation of like, not everything has to be for like player characters, right? If we're talking oh, true. building your characters, yeah, I forgot, yeah. Where, where it's like, you know, everyone wants the perfect class of, hey, we want our DPS, we want our support, we want our like mid range and like long range people. And then we, we, me, Dan, Brian, we're just like, well, what if we ran an all mariachi band of that bards? And that would have been the funniest like one shot. And we'll save that for another day. Yeah. But again, it's like, they could like people might want to fill in roles. Some people are just like, eh, I don't want to fill in a role, which is totally fine. Which is I think fine. That's fair. I just think it like it boosts the um, the story if like everyone's in agreement, especially where it's like, oh yeah, we might have two bards. Who cares? Like it's totally fine. And I think it it might even encourage more people to to play that way because I feel like a lot of the times we're like, oh, I just I'll fill in whatever role. But I I'm like, no, just like more experience for like especially for new players. Yeah. Like oh, you know. They wouldn't know, like, oh, like, four or five bards is, like, too much or whatever. I it feel is like, very much too much, yeah. yeah. It's not enough, in my opinion. I feel <laughs> like, for yeah. me, the best way to get new players to play would just be, like, play a pure martial class and just go that into, like, way. and just, like, dungeon grind, just fight, learn the mechanics, and then once you finish your first one shot and you get, like, oh, I'm inspired, like, oh, there's there's like, more I can do. I can be a range. I can, like, cast Shoot spells. Magic. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, I think for new players, it's just, like, they're too busy figuring out like the, the game mechanics, like what's worry, an action, worry what's about the movement. mechanics, worry about what your class can do, play that class again, or play from start to finish so you understand yeah. what's going on. Yeah. Don't just play a bunch of one-shots, play different stuff, because then you'll never learn what you need to do. I learned. Eventually, because we played <laughs> multiple campaigns that were like three months long. Yeah. And also not, like most players don't have that same like commitment level where they're just like, oh, I picked up a, I tried D&D &D once and uh, I didn't have a fun time, so I'm not gonna try it again. They don't just like, oh, and you know, I'm gonna do like a month's worth of research on my character. Like they just like, awesome. hey, I come here, I don't have a character sheet. Oh, here's a character sheet, pre-gen. So I actually have a completely, totally different setup for that. Which one? Usually for getting new players okay. to figure out what they wanna play. I usually ask them, do you wanna be somebody strong? Do you wanna be somebody nimble? Or do you wanna be somebody smart? Mm, I see. And then we go from there. The triangle. Yeah. That's a RuneScape logic. <laughs> Because yeah. my my wife, she wanted to be somebody smart, and she ended up taking a sort of self-insert, and she became an Asimar cleric. Mm -hmm. So her character is, by all intents and purposes, kind of an extension of herself, but we started off with, hey, out of these three, and then we kind of led it into there, where, okay, so you want to cast magic, do you want to... Do you want to cast healing spells? Do you want to cast destruction spells? Do you want to cast nature spells? This, that, or the other. And then on the flip side, my brother-in-law's girlfriend, her first time ever picking up a D20, we're playing through Death House. Hell yeah. Pain. So I asked her, hey, do you want to be, you know, do you want to be smart, fast, or strong? So she ended up becoming a shifter, uh, a ch shifter rogue. And now she's the queen of backstabs. <laughs> um, she's got the highest confirmed kill count of the entire party. Just everything gets whittled down and she comes in there and goes, boink, and stabs it in the back. But the great thing is that she absolutely loves it. She loves her character. She loves playing it. She doesn't have a you know massive backstory because we started off with a one-shot. But because of the fact that we were going, hey, do you want to play one of these three and then kind of go in th through it that way, it works really well. Plus on top of that, if you still use the same triangle setup, 
you can incorporate things in like the big buff druid, you know, the strong, you know, the strong paladin, the hexblade warlock. You can incorporate all those things in there still. It's just a good way to start off with like, oh, hey, you want to be nimble. Do you want to be ranged nimble? Do you want to be sneaky stabby nimble? Do you want to be able to do backflips all over the place? Parkour. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and I think uh, I think we're all tackling like different aspects of how to build characters. Like you and Dan are talking more about the sort of like the technical aspects, the race, the class, like that stuff. I feel like when I talk about building characters, it's like at least when I was mentioning it now, it's more like what does your character like act like, so that way they can get into that mindset. It's sort of not, I guess, method acting is like the term. I don't know if that's the right term, but like right, getting into like what, how would your character actually act? Because I think a lot of the times people. Um, they'll act like themselves versus their characters, which is fine. Like, especially when you're starting out, I'm not going to be like, that's not what your character would do. I'm just like, whatever, that's what your character says he does. Okay. So it sounds a lot more like you're, we're talking a uh, mechanics versus ideology. Yeah. yeah, mechanics versus ideology or like mechanics and like role playing. I mean, yeah, you can will it down to the duality of, of D&D where there's people who care more about RP and people who care about combat. You know? Dan's pointing to himself about I mean, combat. Can, I love combat. I love There's role like play. There's like a good balance of like both. You can play just oh, sure. you want to do combat? Okay, just make a character. My character likes combat. Yeah. Or God. just like, oh, oh, my character likes shiny thing. Man. I'm just going to pick up all the shiny things. I've just always been burdened of whatever group I join. They're always lacking a martial class or a way to support the entire party. So I always end up being combat, combat heavy. Yeah. I love being martial class. Yeah, It's fun, though. Listen, I've, I've, <laughs> I've gone up against Brian's martial classes. It is frightening. Uh, I will say, my char- since my character, since Raylan is a wizard, uh, just trying to... Well, of one- course it's frightening. You're it's- a wizard. <laughs> But man, I had I thought I had the I thought I had the you upper. You thought you I got thought. up here, but in here yeah. he was winning. <laughs> that I, was the greatest fight ever. Let's caveat that because yeah. I have actually pitted Loctar against Raylan, mm-hmm. and I have also drowned Loctar because he saw shiny things in the river, and I basically almost killed him. <laughs> I actually use that as like being a martial class to leverage like the other support classes to do things. Is like the moment like. The support classes like see that like oh, the martial class is like dying. I guess uh I can't support anymore. I just gotta go heal or like the the range people are like oh, okay. I guess I have to go in there and like help them or something. Yeah. So like you have more leeway that you think if you're like a yeah. martial class. And and I, sure. Yeah. And so, I think sorry Ben. Um. But yeah, I think it's also you start off as a character, but then the character like you start realizing oh our party is like you know you metagame it where you're like oh our party has a problem with. Not having a healer, right? We don't have like a dedicated cleric or something. Or and then it's like, well, I'll just take a multi-class. This is the first time I ever multi-class with Raylan. I was like, I'm gonna multi-class into cleric, and then your character evolves that way too, based off of like you trying to fill these roles, which I think is really cool. I mean, you can even do that as in the like in character too. Like, okay, yeah. my character is like a melee character, and then. Uh, I don't want to heal, but I guess if I have to heal, I'll just take life transfer where it actually hurts me to heal my oh, teammates. Yeah, that was really funny. That was really funny. Freaking rip it out of your chest here, <laughs> slapping it on what Dan's character. Yeah. <laughs> just like, well, take that. <laughs> it hurts me to do this, but I have to heal you. But I have to heal you. <laughs> I mean, there, there, is a, uh, there is a benefit to playing Marshall Stupid. Oh, for sure. God, I've never done that, but yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I haven't played Marshall yet. Like, I've gone through. You a, should. I did because I did 
I did rogue counts, rogue, but yeah. like that's support from like, yeah, it's like yeah. Dunk. So I might do. I, I want to, but I think right now, especially with the tour guide thing, maybe I'll do it. But I think it. Uh, you just said, yourself. Yeah, yeah, I might just do like ranger or something. I haven't figured it out yet. I don't really like martial smart because I did that for uh, your battle royale where I basically you just haven't done it right yet. <laughs> I min max the most damage I can do in one turn. So I just play Berserker Barbarian with levels and fighters. I'm going to get double, double attack, and then I can use my bonus action as an attack, and I'll reckless attack, and then I'll uh, action surge and attack. So I can attack somebody like six or seven times in one turn. And then you have my character, who was basically Groot from Despicable Me, getting lost like he's a smart character but he just got he's lost he's a wise character but he got lost on the map and so he was just wandering the map for five turns straight nobody was fighting him because he was in one room the entire time no it's fine it's fine like again i think it was also part of the bit where i was just like hey it's fine if he doesn't interpret it like i feel like for as much as Groot is, like yeah, yeah. he as as intelligent as he is, he is also. Well, I think you mean Groot. Groot, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, sorry, I said Groot. I'm thinking Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, Groot. Yeah. So I am Groot. <laughs> I am Groot. He's just like I want to take the moon. That was literally the bit for the entire night. And as smart as he is, he just is dumb as nails when it comes to like classic. Like, hey, don't overthink it. Just jump over the ledge and you'll be fine. Like you'll take two points of fall damage. But I mean. There was that was like the funniest character you I've ever played. Could have just like jumped on your rats and use your rats as. Yeah, just use my rats for an escape. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like making player characters and or making yeah PCs is super super fun, especially when you start. Um, especially when you start, you start pretty. At least I think a lot of people start like close to home or base, right to who your core values are, because it resonates more. And right, not many people are like prone or keen to wanting to branch out, unless you know. Some people do, so not everyone, but I think a lot of people play it safe, and then they'll explore, like, wilder ideas. I will definitely interject with this. Do not play a self-insert character in a horror campaign. Oh my god, no, that's that just... You can't stop me. <laughs> Try me. I am one of many. I am a hive mind and a legion. <laughs> I'm not a certain someone, but all my characters are beloved in their own ways. I, I did a... Uh, I did a horror-themed mini-campaign because my players kept asking me to. This was back when I was running 3.5, so... Oh, my God. <coughs> seven, eight years ago, running 3.5, horror-themed campaign. Everybody was kept pushing me, pushing me, pushing me. I said, okay, fine. You get three character sheets. Oh, my God. That's when those three character sheets are dead, they're dead. I put them through level five, and I put them through. I, I didn't even put them through a meat grinder. I put them through a. Aww. I put them through a. You make a stupid decision, you pay for it. Yeah. These were all consequences. These were all players that had five, six, seven years player experience, so they knew what they were doing. They knew that they needed to check for traps and all the other good jazz that goes with it. Every time that something bad happened, they, you know, ended up paying for it. This one guy got really, just royally angry at me <laughs> because he made himself as a character. And his character ended up drowning in a vat of acid. Classic, you know, classic trap. Mm -hmm. But none of the other players were able to get to him in time, and he ended up drowning in a vat of, vat of acid. 
And he made himself as a player insert and could not get over the disconnect between him and his character. Understandable. It It was really hard to watch him struggle through it. And we had to have a very long talk afterwards. But, yeah, it was where I learned... You learn a lot of things when you're DMing on the road of like, hey, these are some of the rules and setups that we you know, want you want to make sure you put out and that comes with all the experience, which we will be covering in our next chapter, Session Zeros. What a great, uh, what is a segue? <laughs> what a great, what a great segue, segue into the ending, right? Yeah. yeah. So... Thank you all for listening. I want to thank uh, Victor at Projects Tower for providing us with the space with which to do this. We play here every Thursday, and we do this podcast uh, every Tuesday Tuesday as well beforehand. But yes, once again, I am Ben, the Unhinged DM. I'm Andrew, the experienced, inexperienced uh, player. I'm Brian, the forever player. (laughs) And I'm Dan, the Eldritch DM. And this has been No Fudge Trolls. (laughs) And we're clear.